While you're quarantined at home, you can hang with us. Where are we going to hide out after this? You think there'd be no downside to constantly insulting people on the air? You're thoroughly entertaining. Everybody likes to listen to you guys on the way to work. That's a chick show. Even though life as we know it has been called off, we are still on. Dave and Dave's Handball Sports Radio Cast is live on the air. It's episode number 27 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Patreon.com backslash WPH Live, and WPHlive.tv. And for our studio audience, I guess it's live for them, so you just have to listen. If you say it's live, it's live. I mean, it's live for them, the studio audience. Here we have a seven-second delay. We don't want people at home to hear any cuss words. This is NC-17 now. Mm. What do we have going on today? Oh, coming up, we're going to recap Junior WPH for the year. If you're into Junior Handball, you're going to love this. Clark Park used to be Randolph Park. It looks awesome. Bring you the birthdays and a little bit more of the trivia as well that I have oh so graciously failed at. You're a good sport, though. You keep coming back for more. Still don't study, though. I wish I did. I wish I did. Lars, have you heard of Lars, the TikTok social media influencer? He's a 21-year-old influencer from California. He's the dude that licked that toilet. Yeah. In that toilet bowl challenge. Well, supposedly now he's in the hospital with the coronavirus. He's 21 years old now. An influencer on TikTok doing the... Toilet bowl challenge. You where deserve you lick a it. bed in the hospital if you've licked the toilet. I bowl. don't think so. No, you think that's bad? Just wait till he eats some of that hospital food. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna get really <laughs> that toilet. I saw in Louisiana, Dave, that a pastor held a sermon with 1,800 people. Saw the that. Other day. But then I also saw the governor of Louisiana said that he's a man of science, but also a man of faith. Now, how does that work? How do those two? They don't work. I don't think he's gotten to that page yet. (laughs) I don't think it works. I don't know how those two are. But I have seen that some of these, you see, science dudes will, you know, they still have faiths. And that closes it out for the headlines. We have the regular well, I, news. I just got a huge headline. Breaking news. Uh-oh, breaking news. Breaking news. Amerifit, the home of the RFC, has just been cleaned and given a makeover. Even the handball courts were cleaned. That's big news. That's Is it because of the virus? Is it a COVID-19 clean or is that a... I think it's kind of like one of those spring cleans. You finally have enough time to go in there and... They probably closed down the club because of the virus. They did. And then they went in there and said, you know what? We need to put people to work. Yeah. Uh, Instead of laying them off, let's go have them paint the courts, clean up the place, put new carpet in. Smart move. Very smart. Yeah, I like it. That's the way it needs to be done, brah. Let's give you the real news next. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Trump administration is seeking an additional $250 billion to help small businesses keep workers employed through the coronavirus outbreak. The nation's top doctor sees some signs of hope in the battle against the coronavirus. Surgeon General Jerome Adams says if we keep our distance from each other for the rest of April, we can start to slowly reopen in some places. I want people to focus on what we need to do in these next two weeks to really flatten the curve and slow death rates. Surgeon General Jerome Adams was on the Today Show. Rita Foley, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow by 26 points. The Nasdaq dropped 25. The S&P lower by four. This is SRN News. Just leave the room, please. Give me one good reason. We don't have any coffee. That's good enough for me. 
The longer you listen, the later it gets. Oh, brother. You think that's going viral? <laughs> that's going viral. You're listening to Dave and Dave's Handball Sports Radio Cast. If you're missing that connection with the community, no worries. We have your exclusive handball content available right now at patreon.com slash WPH live. As a Patreon pledge supporter of the WPH, you'll have access to our complete on-demand handball tournament catalog, rare interviews, never seen before handball content, tutorials, instructional videos, the Dave and Dave radio cast, breaking news, plus the secret backdoor hidden links to watch every streamed handball event live when they happen even the ESPN tournaments. Your exclusive handball content awaits. Make a pledge at patreon.com slash WPHLive. From outdoor tournament planning, the Race for Eight professional handball tour on ESPN, junior handball development, and continuous news and information. The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Find them in a city near you on social media or online at WPHLive.tv. A podcast with integrity. The spirit of radio with real down-home values. Who am I kidding? These guys suck. You're listening to Dave and Dave's Handball Sports Radio Cast. Back into it here. It is episode number 27 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Patreon.com, backslash WPH Live, and WPHLive.tv. And if you're really close, like a friend or maybe somebody that we're sleeping with, we'll give you the actual raw MP3 file. Mm. Maybe. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Does that include what's being said off air? Because that's... Uh, yes, that's sure. the extra... Wow. <laughs> that's the good stuff. Okay. Now, we no are... <laughs> we're self-quarantining. We are self-isolating. I want to get your take on... And we're practicing the CDC and right. WHO recommendations for keeping clean with our hygiene and stuff that means that dave fink is in his office and i'm in my office but i know you you like to just you don't question anyone and you just kind of go with the flow whatever you're told but are you doing that with this yeah i mean i'm trying to do my part Mm -hmm. especially when my kids are involved because i want them to see it Um, they don't listen to me um, but I am trying to flatten the curve, and I think the only way to do it is to follow their recommendations, as ridiculous as it seems. Okay. You know, sports is, ha, has always been one of these sort of outlets during pandemics and times of crisis. Right. And yet we can't play our sport. And it's not it, – our local club is doing the right thing. They've closed it down. But then if you look outside, the players are playing tennis there. Mm-hmm. And then they're going inside and having lunch together. If you go look at the lunch – Well, they've closed that now. But, yes, they are They were, though. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So at a time when we couldn't play handball, they were still having lunch at the same club. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. But back to Clark Park. Now, you've had some clinics there that you've had with the junior players, so much so that they, at the Randolph Center, have called you and said, where are you at? We want you to come back and do some more of these. Explain a little bit about the junior program at Clark Park here in Tucson, Arizona. Well, it started over winter break, and they've got a huge camp there of kids that go there and pretty much spend the day at Randolph. So I went over there and they divided it into groups of about 35 kids. There's five courts at Clark Park. So we had about seven or eight kids on each court throughout that two week winter break that extended, you know, into January. Really amazing to watch these kids, how much they enjoyed handball. I took my son out there. I took a few of his friends to be part of these clinics and they loved it. And they, they didn't want to leave. 
and the kids were having a great time. They were disappointed when the teacher said it was over and it was time to go to lunch each day. <laughs> we had the same clinics planned for this week, actually, over spring break, but they said, you know, we're just not going to be able to do it with the, the pandemic. So that's unfortunate for the kids who won't get to enjoy handball this week like we had planned, but very inspiring clinics there. Just kind of how we anticipated when we refurbished the courts and you know, raised, I think, $170,000 in private donations to create this mecca of handball, which I know we're going to talk about right now. We're going to just going to yeah, let's talk, about, talk about Clark Park. Well, let me let me just mention this really quick. Do you see as a top pro player, when you have a junior player come out to a clinic, or if a junior player is being instructed by you and you see that enthusiasm and their energy and they're smiling and having a great time, doesn't that kind of re-spark something in you as a player? Like well, I always say it when when I go to these tournaments like New Orleans, which we talked about in a previous episode, and I see 12 young people from Ireland making this trip. That's what inspires me. You know, we go to Atlanta and we see these Missouri State College kids driving 14 hours, jumping out of the car and playing. To me, there's nothing more inspiring than that. I mean, right. even more so than watching Paul Brady or Killian Carroll, these amazing players obviously very inspiring but nothing compares to seeing these young people and their enthusiasm and their talent for the game so yes when i see these young kids and you know some have more of an aptitude for it than others it is very inspiring let's talk about how it all came to be though clark park i mean it was probably 10 to 15 years ago that benny young who has worked for the city as an engineer and a director for many years looked at these what were four wall courts and said, this would be the perfect three-wall park. I mean, these four-wall courts are not being used. They look terrible, which they did at the time. Yeah. And and he had this vision. And Jeff Helam, who's also on our board of directors, who's also an engineer, kind of took to this vision as well. And these two teamed up. Every couple of years, they would bring this up. It would just kind of fall short, just barely. And then finally, this summer, they'd made another last, really what was the last push for it, because they'd been trying for so long. And it just went through. Doug Clark got behind it. Doug Clark's partner. It wasn't was, easy. No, not at all. Doug Clark's partner was the mayor of Tucson at the time, serving his last year, last couple of months. And you got behind it. And so many of our donors and supporters got behind it. And it, it happened. Almost like magic because these courts in August were unplayable, looked like a prison, looked like it should have been condemned. By October, we've got the most beautiful park that I've ever seen in handball anywhere. <laughs> it really in the world. is amazing. It really is amazing. Doug Clark came into the office and you know I said to him, "Well, Doug, you know we're gonna, you know, name the courts after whoever donates thirty thousand dollars." He cut a check right there on the spot, and that's how the courts are named Clark Park. Not to mention. All the thousands of dollars Doug has donated to the WPH just since 2009. And all the money he donated and time and energy into handball before 2009. But just on the spot, after all these years of donating, writes a check for 30000 Yeah, it's, um, it's really unbelievable. And, that you know, that people like Doug, we've had 65 donors contribute to this project. And now it's, it's incredible. You know, people are out there every Sunday barbecuing playing we had the ribbon cutting which was really cool we were supposed to have the first big tournament which was canceled about eight hours before the first serve yeah, by the city very frustrating that that happened yeah. but you know that that dream that that benny had a, a lot of other players had it as well and 
you know, you have to give credit to a, a lot of people. Back when I first moved here in 2009, I remember one of the first things I did was go out to that park and look at the walls. I was with Fred Lewis. I was with Benny Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some city officials out there. They had a whole plan, and it just fell apart right at that moment. Yeah. And and as you described it a few seconds ago, I remembered uh, that we we got sort of a, a preliminary approval for this park back in maybe you know mid mid year last year, mm. and then it just fell apart completely. Right. And Doug Clark got involved, got the mayor involved that used to be or is a business partner of mm-hmm. his. That helped out obviously, but it was Dave. I'm telling you, it was done. No, I, I remember, remember getting the email that. saying I didn't even it's think over with. Twice about it. Yeah, after you it, said that. I said it's over with. It's not yeah. happening. And it was really a big letdown. And when Doug Clark heard that news, he got people involved, and they went in and they they shook some walls. Yeah. And that's really what got this to happen. Clark Park is one of those places that you cannot oversell. No matter how great you tell people it is, when they see it, they can't believe right. how it looks. That's totally true. A friend of mine who you know, Dave Andrew Joseph took a family trip to Phoenix and cut the family trip short. He said, I'm driving down to Phoenix, or I'm driving down to Tucson from Phoenix, which is a good two, two and a half hour drive, because I need to see this park. So he took his family, came down to the park, and he just loved it. You know, it was uh, it was a moment for him where it was like, I never thought anything could be this great in handball. And his whole family was playing. It was a President's Day clinic. Both of his sons were playing, his wife was playing, he played. And that's the reaction I've seen from everyone who steps foot in the park. Right. I mean, and that shows you. He's been hearing about the hype. He came right. down. And what did he say about the park when he saw it? This is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it I, is. Yeah. It really is. Everyone says the same thing, which is, I wish we had this where I lived. But you know, every out-of-towner. And, and, you know, it's a strange time because we're right in the middle of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult for us to sit here and talk about something that we can't actually utilize. I mean... Not trying to be funny, but right. I, that's the whole point. I wish I was trying to be funny about yeah. this, but we, we're bragging about something we cannot use because yeah. it's closed down by the city right now because we're following the recommendations of not having 10 or more people. But, you know, it's like what you said when the, Clark was, the park was just being formed. This transformation, this shrine to handball was built by us, the handball players of Tucson, and we made it exactly how we wanted it. It's a place where friendships are more important than scores. I think it says it perfectly. This is a legacy park. This is a place that we might not be able to play in it for the next month or two months, but it's gonna be there forever. Right. So that's the important thing. And you know, all these people that helped to build it and all the players are gonna keep it alive. And I think it's the greatest place I've ever seen in handball. I mean, you mentioned Jeff Helam. Every time I went there while this project was being built, he was standing on a scaffold 16, 20 feet up I in know. the air. I know, right? That's crazy. Now these guys really pulled it together. Congrats to Jeff and uh, Clark Park. We definitely, once the virus and the pandemic eases itself out and we are all safe, we're definitely having a big event. Right. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're definitely having one. What about the New Year's Day Junior Pro Round Robin tournament that we held? That was a lot of fun. That was... The Junior Nationals were held at the Tucson Racquet Club. They ended on December 31st, I believe. So I asked all the kids that were in the semifinals, finals of the 19 under and 17 under, those that were staying through New Year's to come out and play. So we had about seven of us playing on that New Year's morning. Oh, it's great for them, too. I mean, I remember when I had a chance to play with the pros, it, that was nothing better. 
Of yeah, course, yeah. you wouldn't have known it by watching my behavior, but... No, but but you do remember it. Yeah. Did, did it help shape you in a way, do you think? I think so. I mean, we read that that piece that Matt Krugan and I wrote, Who Inspired Today's Pros, and every one of them has an example of when a pro talked to them or played against them or, you know, maybe they had dinner with a pro, and those are pivotal moments for these young players. And it's, like you said, you know, you... You've got to keep inspiring the current players. These junior players, you inspire them by getting on the court with them and playing with them and, and maybe texting back and forth. That's big. Yeah, and it's true because we saw what Vic Perez said about you, which, you know, I'm sure that kind of made you go, wow, that's thank you so much for even saying that. Yeah, but he, he holds that pretty steady and close to himself, and he talks about it. You would say, well, what... You know, what did Vic Perez as a youngster get from a mentor? And you would automatically say, Marco Chavez did mm -hmm. something. Right. Vince Munoz did something. No, he says it was you that came up to him and talked to him about how he was setting up for a ball on the back wall. So he definitely tried to work on it. And he said it did work. Mm. Your advice is something he's always held true. So hearing it from a top player is a big deal. Now you guys are rivals. Right. Separated by just a couple ranking points. Always are. Junior WPH held its second Junior WPH showdown at the Red Death later in January. John Gutierrez, part of that as well, takes on Oregon's Devin Brownson. That was a great match. The oh, first yeah. Junior WPH showdown match between Anthony Sullivan and Michael Galton was overtime, 27-25. This match also overtime, John Gutierrez winning 26-24. So we couldn't have pitted two closer matchups against each other for these junior showdowns. And, and where was this one at? This was at the Red Death in That's Montana. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't hear you say Montana. So yeah. I was thinking maybe they played somewhere else. I, mean, I remember that match and we actually filmed it and I believe it's uploaded as well. Okay. So yeah, that, and those guys actually look good. Yeah. You know, when you see them play good and you... players. I'm very impressed with the Gutierrez kid. He's I'm like, who in the heck is this? Excellent. Where'd he come from? He's in Colorado. Very, very good player. Good player. Good kid, yeah. though. I yes. mean, like a nice guy. Yeah, really nice. Why do I think that everyone's going to be like Kyle English? <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> I'm just joking, Kyle. I know you're not listening. It's hard to listen and look at yourself in the mirror at the same time. You'd be surprised. It's not. You can, you can do yeah, it, right? Yeah, you can do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Just joking, Kyle. A couple weeks later, Junior WPH made the 100-mile trip west from Tucson to Phoenix, where we hit Carl Hayden High School. Now, Dave, they've got seven three-wall courts, and the courts are completely filled for two lunch periods. From 11.30 a.m. until about 1.15, all seven courts have about six players on them, rotating in. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, very I cool. Mean, that's a, that's, I wish every town had one of those. Yeah. So I had a chance to spar I think I played 35 games that day during those two that's, lunch periods with the kids. That's too much. Well, I played nine more later in the day. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more then. Can't so wait. I want to thank Chris Hogan. What an ambassador. He's the guy that wrangles all these kids together, motivates them to play, takes them to the tournament. In fact, nine of them were coming to the Clark Park Classic before it was canceled. And that's all thanks to Chris and all of his enthusiasm and leadership. And they've got a handball club over there. They've got the whole school supports this handball club, helping these kids go to the tournaments. I agree. No, it's, I don't know how you can do it. 
I, it was, but it needs to be done. It was great for me to see that in another one of those inspirational moments where it's like, wow, this is bigger than I think. You know, we think of handball and you don't know about all the people who are playing that you don't know. Here I see 300 kids playing. I wouldn't have known. Yeah, about it's this. probably just like mind-boggling. I mean, who knows where else this is happening? It's happening right down the street, and you didn't even know. Right. It's like in the same state. And it's one thing to hear about it. Yeah, our kids play at lunch, you know, and then to see it for yourself, seven courts completely filled. Yeah, that's amazing. Later that same day, Junior WPH heads to ASU, Arizona State, uh -huh. as they prepared for the collegiate nationals. We did about a 45-minute instructional, and then we broke off into two courts and played basically king of the court. Very cool format. I showed the different serves, so each rally would start with a serve that we learned, and then we'd play out the rally from there. Some good players up there. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Excellent players up there. Yeah, these programs happen, like you said, around the United States, and we just don't always know about them. Another program that Junior WPH is proud to support, the Harry Mellis Westside YMCA program led by Danielle Daskalakis in Manhattan. She's impressive. Oh, she's a bona fide handball superstar. Have you seen her work with these kids? Yeah. She's unreal. Yes. Yeah. I We were going to fire you at one point and hire yeah. her. <laughs> I mean, we're saying we have to, we have to yeah. keep a lefty at, you know. Yeah, right. But it didn't work out. Huh. Well, that, that's actually from just taking it from an unbiased outsider point of view. It's too bad. Yeah, sounds it like did. it could have worked out well for would've her. Would have been nice. Would have been good for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Junior WPH at the New Orleans stop. Now, I think we mentioned this briefly, but all of those kids from Ireland came into the court. It was amazing. Yeah. But it always has... New, New Orleans always had kind of junior players right. kind of show up for that tournament for right. some reason. Well, it's close enough to drive from Missouri State. Not for me to drive, but for them to drive 14 hours. You can't even get to the grocery store without no. having problems. No. You know, people say, when I was a kid, I would, like, fall asleep the second my mom started driving. Yeah. That's carried over to when I actually drive myself. Just fall asleep. I was thinking about this yesterday. You're the only person that I would let drive. Yeah, no, me. I mean, why wouldn't you? I'm, I'm focused on the road. Right. Safe. You don't break any laws on the road. The music is good. I drive the speed limit. I don't have to talk. I say sir or howdy officer when they pull you over. Right. If they pull you over. Mm -hmm. How many drives have we made across the desert together to California? Not enough. Or Vegas. There needs to be more. I'm ready to go now. I mean, there's so many that we couldn't even list five of them. But I think we've probably done at least 15 or 16, I would think. Yeah, that's fun. Junior WPH Pittsburgh RFC Clinic. Now, this was something that was really cool because... The local community in Pittsburgh put this together. I came in kind of as a guest coach, but we had a group of anywhere from seven-year-olds to 21-year-olds. And those 21-year-olds played in the RFC. They played in the C division. Amazing. Yeah. You saw some of those kids playing, uh, I say kids, but young men, in the I, tournament. I it was great, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Cool. So I gotta give a lot of credit to Andrew, Joseph, bring his Had son. Had been Mike Simplis involved, too. Mike was involved. 199 was involved. But also, sorry. Joe Del Sardo is mentoring a couple oh, of yeah. okay. former football players. I'm sure players your dad had to turn to handball. Your dad probably did something involved there. But it was impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, and it does feel good. Even if it, uh, you know, you're not going to see those 
players again, which is, you know, it's always nice to go back again and then see them and build a relationship. But I think uh, what you what they're doing there is good. And I love how the, the clinic was on Tuesday. The tournament was on Friday. So you really, it's kind of like an opening ceremony as you kick off the tournament with this great clinic. Everybody's in a great mood, feeling good. And then you just go right into the tournament. Yeah, I, I think that's the best format. Do the clinic first, right, and then push into it. I like that right. Thursday night clinic, right? Friday. We've start done a time. bunch of those. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard when you're squeezing in on a Saturday. People are running to their matches. They're running in and out of the court. Matches not, are running late. Yeah, it ends up getting pushed to a backcourt. No right. hype around it. It's right. an afterthought. Needs hype. I got this text from Marco Chavez. Mm-hmm. You brought it up in our previous radio cast, but now you just kind of. He did not text me back the other day, so I'm glad that he went to me instead. Yeah. Okay. Which I think a lot of people do. They answer you to me, whatever. <laughs> here, here it is. Uh, okay. I'm going to just kind of... Is this of... for Patreon? Because I, I asked him for a Patreon. No, no. He just... Oh. This is just random. I, I haven't... Right. We're not we're not like having a conversation. I haven't talked to him since March 13th. Okay. I don't know what today is, but whatever today is, it's been that yeah. long. All right. And then out of the blue, he says, Mr. Vincent. Mm. I was like, what? You is like this? that. Yeah. It's immediately, immediately I opened up the... Uh, you know, I opened it up to yeah. see what it was there. I, that's how Naughty Junior used to say to me. I knew it was bad. Uh, Mr. Vincent, just wanted to say hi, but you know that I miss you. Just wishing you and your family well. Please be safe and hope to see you soon. When this is all done, just thinking about you. Take care. Love you, man. Mm. Your partner, wow. OC Handball. Wow. What's your favorite part of that text? The your partner? Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that is... The least favorite was the part that he was wishing my family well. Yeah, I knew that. But I really did like the fact that he called me partner. Well, no, the, the whole thing is just the fact that he came out of the blue right. to say hello. Yeah. You know, I, we all look up to Marcos, so yeah, that felt good. I liked it. Okay. I can't really use that for Patreon, because I'm trying to lock him into a Patreon exclusive, but having a hard time. I think you should get a video exclusive from him. If you say, turn the camera on yourself yeah. and answer it this way, uh-huh. you're going to get the answer you're looking for. Okay, we have another segment coming up. Segment three, they say. Mm-hmm. And whoever they are, I, I have no clue. But they're saying it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to be back in just a bit. We have celebrity birthdays, I believe. We also have quiz time, okay. which is very embarrassing for me. And then stand-up hilarity right around the corner. Stick with us as... Episode 27 continues of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast next. While you're quarantined at home, you can hang with us. Where are we going to hide out after this? You think there'd be no downside to constantly insulting people on the air? You're thoroughly entertaining. Everybody likes to listen to you guys on the way to work. That's a chick show. Even though life as we know it has been called off, we are still on. Dave and Dave's Handball Sports Radio Cast is live on the air. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book, take a walk, unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September, paint a self-portrait, catch up on a TV series, do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. From outdoor tournament planning, the race for eight professional handball tour on ESPN, junior handball development, and continuous news and information, the World Players of Handball has set out to grow the sport through innovation. Junior WPH is flourishing. They have a full-time director and coach on staff, a coaching manual, and many volunteer mentors throughout the country that will train, instruct, mentor, and teach this amazing sport. The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. 
Find them in a city near you, social media, or online at WPHlive.tv. Golf Channel on NBC and the International Federation of PGA Tours are proud to present a World Golf Championship. Jason Day has the big stick out again. A little harder and faster than it was this morning. But it is still a very, very difficult up and down. You know, it's just such a simple motion, and his body is so quiet and so still. Really a rather uh, furry lie. Uh, it's one of the deeper ones I've seen. Yeah, that takes all the teeth out of this hole. It's supposed to be a pretty strong hole. Is it in? Ooh, the wheels were shaking. Oh, man. <laughs> you could hear Stopped him the in his horsepower tracks. revving up. Roger would have given those, right? Back in your prime. <laughs> <laughs> you had one last night. Yes, I did. <laughs> there is Jason after he putted out and stretching it out. A pretty good thing and a smart thing to do. Spoken, a lot spoken of golf. like a guy who's done a few of those exercises. <laughs> Give a solid distance wink and thumbs up to all our doctors and nurses when you see them. I'm not even mad. It's amazing. Thank you for your help from your friends here in Tucson. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast on iTunes, Tuned in Radio, Patreon, and WPH Live TV. We are at the last segment. Segment number three of episode 27, Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast on TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Patreon.com backslash WPH Live and WPHLive.tv. I do appreciate the fact that you've tuned in today during the coronavirus pandemic. So if you're binge watching handball YouTube videos or Patreon videos or instructionals, thank you. But now it's time for the radio show. You know, with clubs closed for the COVID-19, strippers in Portland, Oregon, take to topless food delivery with a new business called Boober Eats. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the only times that you pay the driver in crisp $1 bills. <laughs> I'm not sure if the food's very healthy or not. It doesn't sound like it's very healthy. I mean, after all, everything's covered in oil <laughs> to include the bag. <laughs> anyway, so that could be coming to a town near you. You never know. It could be coming here. Okay, we're in the last segment. I think that's when we do the birthdays, right? And it's since you hold them in a secret vault, who is celebrating a birthday? Two former WPH number ones turned 35. Well, I think I know both of them. Okay. Sean Lenning and Alan Garner. That's correct. And that's like one week away from each other. Right. I think Sean's maybe the week earlier. Is that how it yes. works? Seven days wow. earlier. Yeah. Same age Unfortunately, two? that does not count. Are they the same right. age? or Same age. Okay, they yes. are. Like 35, 36, 34. 35, 35. I think. Okay. Both born in 1985. Hard to believe. Dalton Beal, the should-be top 15 player who isn't 31. <laughs> that isn't. That's kind of funny. Sorry, Dalton. It's unfortunate because he's got a lot of fans up there in the Pacific Northwest and for whatever reason just doesn't bring the game he takes to the Oregon State Championships to the Race for a Tour. With an exception to that one time, he played Steve Cooney in Portland and beat him. Right. That's it. For right. big matches. Yeah. Patrick Function. I'm high on the Patrick Function bandwagon. I like both of them. Patty and, and Pete. Patrick, 29. I can't tell the difference between the two, but I'm telling you, I, I'm, I like both of them. Very good players. Nick Mattiani. 41. We talked a lot about him yeah, in good. the last couple of casts. Yeah. We love him. 
Uh, he's great. Courtney Fashot DeMello, 36. I can't believe it. I know. Doesn't seem possible. No, it doesn't. Tyler Hamill, 48. That also doesn't seem possible. And there's still less than 48 people on the planet that can beat him. Yeah. I mean, he's so good. Yeah. But it, it seems like he's been 48 for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he still looks like he's 38. <laughs> or 28. <laughs> Let's do the trivia thing that I know for a fact that I'm not going to do well. No, actually, I've, I've eased off on the trivia. I'm oh. going to give you some easier questions today. I want you to feel good about yourself. I mean, there's enough problems going around, you know, the pandemic and whatnot. So I want, I want you my to go mental, out on a high. My mental health issues. Yeah. Which USHA Hall of Fame members have played on the Race for Aid Tour? John Bike. Yes. Dave Chapman. Right? He's inducted now. Yes. So that makes you feel good. I just hit it. Yeah, you got I, that. Yeah, I hit it. So. Yeah, no problem. Is I there, expect you to get that. I mean, is there more? I mean, I, I... No, that's it. Who is the only person to have qualified on the Race for Aid Tour and won the Junior WPH Coach of the Year Award? The music's getting louder. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is another gimme. It seems like it's Abraham, but I don't know. Um, did he ever win a Coach of the Year award, though? That's He should have. I mean, can we make him the coach of this year? <laughs> if he isn't already. You think this is obvious? Yeah. Really? I think it's an easy one. There was a big presentation when he won Coach of the Year. Where? Um, I mean, now I'm just going to give away the whole answer. I'll just give it. No, no, wait, no, 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 I know. I, I don't want you to do that. You were there. I was? At the presentation. Oh, my gosh. This is not turning out very well. And he's qualified. Yes. I'm going to say 2000. It was Richie Fernandez. That's right. Drift. Drift. Yes. Is the correct I answer. forgot that he qualified. He, he was who I thought of first, but then yeah. I said, well, he never qualified. Then it was I, like, wait a second. He did qualify. We mentioned it that he beat Marco Chavez. I know, I know, but that's where I had to recall that. Now, this one, you can request multiple choice here. Okay. Or you can take the road less traveled. But I can't phone a friend. No. That's frustrating. Who has faced match point and come back to win more than any player on the Race for Eight Tour? So he was receiving serve down match point, came back to win more than any other player in the history yeah, of the tour. I'll do I'll multiple choice on okay. that. Killian Carroll. Huh. That's a good one. Emmett Pichot. Mmm. Vic Perez. These are all good. Sean Lenning. Oh, well, it's definitely Sean. The answer is Vic Perez with four. Wow. He did it to Marco Chavez twice. He did it to me once, and he did it to Mondo Ortiz once. Wow, that's good. Only his friends. Right. His mentors. That's true. How many times has Sean done it? It seems like he's done it, like, multiple times. Well, not four. So I have to look at my list. No, no, I don't want you to have to look it up. I'm right, just saying okay. it seems like he's just, I, remember he I have a did feeling. It against Dermot Nash, I think, in Montana. That was, a, like, a 1917 third game. And I'm pretty sure Nash had match point in that match. Hmm. But that would have been just one. I mean, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, I'm thinking of just any match. Not like necessarily WPH stuff. Oh, okay. So it just seems like he, it, he it's has a lot. allowed some big comebacks. Do you remember when Robbie McCarthy came back from 14 uh -huh. to 1? Yeah. That was match point. This is a, another gimme. Who is the tallest player in the history of the race for a tour? Do you need multiple choice on this? Uh, no, I don't. 
I mean, it seems like it's Max Lane Mac. Correct. But if you include Lauren Colado's neck <laughs> and Tyler Howell's neck. <laughs> nice. So that's a no then. Yeah, no, it's, it's Lane Mac. Name the three players with the most match wins in the history of the race freight. Now, when I say match wins, I'm counting main draw and playoffs. I can get two. The third one, though, that's a little difficult. But I definitely can get two of them. Okay. Sean Lenning and you. Sean Lenning with 119. Correct. That's number one. Me with 113. Okay. So then the next one is going to be tricky because it's going to be a bunch of guys probably somewhat near each other. Like a Luis Cordova, Emmett Pichot, somebody like that. I don't know. Um, I'll just... Luis Cordova, Daniel Cordova, Emmett Pichot. I'm going to go with Emmett. The answer is Killian Carroll. Really? With 99 wins. I guess so. If you're going to make it to the finals of every tournament you play, you might as well be... Killian Carroll with a record of 99 and 16. So... 16 losses. What about Emmett? And what about Daniel? And what about Luis? Emmett Pichot, 88 wins, 70 losses. Huh. And now, I think I texted you about this, but I know that you don't look at my text. I think you have me blocked, which is smart. But... It's not a bad move on my part. No. Luis Cordova and Daniel Cordova have been separated in the rankings. They're either tied or separated by 0.5 points. That's almost impossible to do. I know. To be that close. Right. You look at their lifetime records on the Race Freight Tour. Lucho, 86 wins, 53 losses. 86 and 53. Daniel, 83 wins, 51 losses. Almost identical. Yeah. When they play each other, it's like this too. I mean, Luis has won 6 out of 10. But you've seen a lot of these games decide by two points. Right. I mean, has there ever been anybody in the history of the game that have been as close as these guys are when it comes to the rankings and their stats? No. It's unbelievable. It seems like Vic and I have been in this kind of four and five, five and six by True. a point or two. So I would say similar in that respect. But But he doesn't have as many wins as you because he just doesn't have the field, the time put in. I mean, if you eliminated right. maybe four years. I don't think Vic qualified for the first time until Denver. 2012? 14. 13? Okay. 13 so, or 14. So you'd have to eliminate like six or seven years of your work. Yeah. And well, then you go like from at there. at least three seasons. But if you went from 2014 to now, you and Vic probably have something that's pretty similar. With you higher than him because you've made it further. I would say, yeah, probably pretty close in that time period. I think you still have him beat, though. Because you've... A couple years ago, you were ranked number one for a week. Right. <laughs> one week. Yeah. It was three weeks. Seven days. <laughs> Most individual match wins in an individual season. What player and how many wins? I'm going to give you a hint. There's two players tied. It was obviously not in the same season, but they both had the same amount of match wins in a season. Oh, well, you're one of them, and the other one would have been Paul Brady. No. Killian Carroll, the year that he won seven out of eight. I'm horrible at this. 27 match wins. Daniel Cordova, 27 match wins. 2018-19. Oh. And in those match wins, just because you... I mean, if you win the tournament, you... That's you, four. But you don't necessarily have the most wins because you can qualify, win, win, lose, go into a, a drop down, right. win again. Yeah. Well, the qualifier wins wouldn't count. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 
Now, if you look at the women's race, it's obviously a Katrina Casey show. Right. 67 wins. She has pretty much every stat. Everything. That you can ever want. Now, I guess we'll go senior trivia. Who has the most wins in the history of the senior race freight tour and how many? You. Okay. You have seven. Right. Marco Chavez, 10. Holy, are you kidding me? Nope. 10 wins. There's been 24 senior race freight events held. He has not played in all 24 because he wasn't eligible when it first, but he's got 10 wins. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And you... I don't, have the, few, I don't have the win. No, you were one of the few players to defeat Marcos Chavez. I did, yeah. I forgot that. race freight stop. So if you look back through the history books, you'd have to say Tyler Hamill, I think, beat him once. Naughty Jr. beat him. I beat him. And you. Yeah, I so, I mean, there's only... nothing that sticks out there. No. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is, right? I mean, I, I think if I would have what asked are you a doing on that list? about your... About yourself, you still would have gotten it wrong. Why? why? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of scoring, what was your final tally on this quiz? If we, you know, from the very first uh, 50% coronavirus, yeah. 50? Yeah, 50. I thought you would nail this last quiz because I actually. You tailored it for me to nail, yeah, but I didn't. You didn't I actually no. got it wrong. You were, And you were so quick to name me as the senior race freight wins leader, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally wrong. That I would, you know, I could have survived and been, you know, a D, and maybe the professor could have said you graduate and go on to the next. Uh-huh. But it didn't work out. Can you name the player or players that have never lost in a race freight final, undefeated in a race freight men's pro final? I mean, these players have lost previously, yes, but when but it came to the final, final, they named never lost. Right. Paul Brady. That's one. That's it. Okay, that's the only one that we need to know. 15-0 and 0 in race finals. His only loss is two in the semifinals, one to Killian Carroll in Portland, one to Mondo Ortiz in Houston. Then quarterfinals, he lost to Sean Lenning in Salt Lake 2019 and also to Mondo Ortiz in Salt Lake City 2014. Right. So four losses in his career. He is 67-4 lifetime on the race. Break. That's That's impressive. Yeah. That is really impressive. Amazing. 67 and 4. Yeah. And that's catching him later on. You know, if this was early, it would have been something like 120 and 4. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our radio show. Wow. I think it's time for us to go. I mean, we've been here all day long. Okay. Are you okay with that? Not really, but... Uh, Well, it is what it is. I want to do a radio show on hypotheticals. Really? Yeah. I want to offend some people. Let's do the hypothetical radio show. Like a virtual LTE stuff? Yeah. Line it out. Let's do it for our next one. Episode 28. I want to hear from our viewers. It'll never air. It'll hypothetically air. (laughs) (laughs) Can we block, like, if we're talking about Naughty Senior. Make sure you can't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty good with stuff like that. You can. Sure. Okay. Just ask him for his IP address. Uh And let's see what we can do. Naughty, here's how you do it. So you're going mean, block- Why would you block him? He's well, going mean, to win what whatever. If, what if we say Naughty Senior is playing against Paul Brady? Naughty Senior from 1984 versus Paul Brady from 2008. How could not? anybody guess what that would be? Well, we're going to try. We're going to put it in the simulator. See, if the handball world's so small, if I said that Naughty Senior is going to win, Paul Brady would never talk to me. Right. I, I mean, the point is I'm only going to be able to vote one way. Right. Well, you're not going to vote. You're going to put it in the simulator. Yeah, well. And let that dictate everything. Chew it around a little bit. Right. 
I mean, I've got so many matchups that I I want to see. Uh, okay, well, let's do a simulated show. Well, Highly con- no, it'll air. Highly controversial simulated so we, show. We, just like when you go on R2 and you put postponed, this is highly controversial in the title. Yeah. So just beware what you're getting yourself into. That sounds really bad. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> if it keeps people inside and social distancing, I'll do it. I don't think anything gets people more upset than who would win from this era versus that era. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a horrible thing. I mean, that's a fist fight. No, we did it in New York, and people were happy and sending the thank yous, and this yeah. is the greatest thing ever. Uh, you do it when you bring up Jimmy Jacobs versus right. uh, Toddy Severa. Yeah. But yeah, let's do it. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, if it makes somebody wash their hands, <laughs> then let's do it. Okay, let's say goodbye. Nice. We have stand-up hilarity next. Stick around. Thanks for tuning in to episode 27 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here. iTunes, TuneIn Radio, WPHLive.tv, and Patreon.com. See you, Dave. See ya. Hypothetically, see you <laughs> until the hypothetical next time. You know, I used to make a lot of... Uh sex jokes during my show and I've pretty much cut it out and I'll tell you why. I think the reason I made the jokes is because I was insecure and uh, I've grown uh, more secure. As a matter of fact, I quit using the uh, amateur phylactics. I uh, only use the pro phylactics now. Actually, that's a myth about entertainers. You always think you meet girls and you don't because here I'm in town for nine days and you don't have time to get to know anybody and I'm not into that one night thing. I think a person should get to know someone and even be in love with them before you use and degrade them. (laughs) And I feel sorry for women, I'll tell you why. Because so many men think they're into this kinky sex. And I wouldn't have said that, but six months ago I met a girl and she was taking singing lessons and her coach, 84 year old guy, you think it'd be the last guy in the world to be weird. But listen to this. He kept wanting her to sing from her diaphragm. I mean, that would take years to learn that. Working from home, where you've traded annoying co-workers for annoying kids. But hey, at least you can holler at them without having to deal with HR. That makes a lot of sense. Does it? Because it seems crazy. You're listening to Dave and Dave. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. If you are missing that connection with the community, no worries. We have your exclusive handball content available right now at patreon.com slash WPHlive. As a Patreon pledge supporter of the WPH, you'll have access to our complete on-demand handball tournament catalog. Rare interviews, never-seen-before handball content, tutorials, instructional videos, the Dave and Dave radiocast, breaking news, plus the secret backdoor hidden links to watch every streamed handball event live when they happen, even the ESPN tournaments. Your exclusive handball content awaits. Make a pledge at patreon.com slash WPH live. You're listening to Dave and Dave.